The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Pollard streaks in. Touchdown. Parsons has second. Prescott keeps it. And he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's officially the regular season. Game week is here. Week one is here. And so is the full slate of Dallas Cowboys podcast as we kick things off with Talking Cowboys starting at 9 a.m. Central Time every weekday through the regular season as the Dallas Cowboys get ready to face the New York Giants on Sunday night football this week. It's a talking Tuesday and we're glad you're with us here on DallasCowboys.com and the various Cowboys streaming platforms. Alongside Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans, the usual crew that'll be here along for the ride throughout the 2023 season. That's right. Gentlemen, it's good to be back. And I mean, we've been back. We got but back from training camp. the season is freaking here, Kyle. It's just different yeah it feels different in here Gosh. and I, I, there's a lot of stuff to talk about both up and both down for the Cowboys at least over the last weekend and, and week of work but wow I mean hey week one's here Are you excited Nick this is your first yeah. go at it too yeah. yeah 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 I'm definitely excited not only is it my first go at it but you know I feel pretty good about where this team is at and, and what it can accomplish um really excited about getting this going for sure John, you ready to get back to the grind of things? Yeah, for me, it's all about the offense, just because we didn't get to see it in any of the preseason games. You didn't get to see him practice against another team. So there's a lot of you know, unpredictability to it that I'm really excited about, just because we know this is one of the best teams in the NFC, but it's always like, okay, well, you fell short in the playoffs. How do you take that next step? What is going to be the thing that gets you to the next level? And it very well could be their defense. And we can look back on this and be like, it was kind of overblown talking all about the offense. This team's about the defense now or whatever. But there's just so much that I want to see from the offense that that remains my number one thing that has got me probably more excited for the start of this season than any other since I've covered the team. So you're excited about the, the potential there on yeah. offense. And I think the identity to this team – Isaiah, what would you say the identity is? Is it just defense. it's just all defense? There's no real specific to it, or is it pass rush or levels or what? What would you? I want you to get specific with okay, how it let's goes. Get, let's get detailed there. Let's you get, want, you let's want to get, get, get into nitty gritty? Okay. What's week one? It's uh, not, no more generalities. Here. I think teams fear because that's what I think that we need to lean towards when we start talking about what the, what the makeup of this team is. Teams fear the pass rush. When you think about the Dallas Cowboys, you fear their pass rush. And I think that's the first thing you need to go to whenever you face an opponent. What do we fear? Right? That's the first thing we need to attack. Right? We need to, we need to find a solution for that, and then we can start working our way through everything else. But if you don't have a solution for Dallas's pass rush, you don't stand a chance. Especially with what they added on the back end with Gilmore. Another year for Bland. Another year for Diggs. Another year for that secondary to be together. Um it just it all plays into like they just they would love for teams to just sit back and have to throw all day, you know. And so obviously teams aren't going to do that. I expect the Giants to come out and try and run the ball and and try and win that way. And obviously that's why you go out and draft a Mozzie Smith and you resign Jonathan Hankins. So uh, that'll be the key is is to stop the run because if they do that, everything yep. else will take care of itself. It kind of goes back to what we've talked about previously on this show, both last year and then through the off season, is if you give this pass rush another half second. Mm. 
the numbers could explode. I mean, and that's it. That's all it takes on on average. If you give them another half second to get to the quarterback, give them maybe even a little bit more than that. You give them a full second, and and all of a sudden, Micah Parsons could be Defensive Player of the Year. That secondary never gave them that time, or at least uh, a good enough amount of time for them to really explode. Now you look at it and say the secondary could do so. 1,000%. Michael Parsons said during training camp that the addition of Stephon Gilmore is going to give him at least three more sacks. I so, like it. Uh, I, I, think, I think there's a lot of truth in that. But, uh, yeah, with this pass rush, I, I'm very curious to see how they come out. Just the defensive front, I'm very curious to see how they come out against the run because that's going to be the biggest indicator of how successful this defense is, in my opinion. We know the pass rush is going to be fine. We know they're going to be great in coverage. The one weakness that they had last year, has that been solved? Has it been worked on enough to the fact where it's not a weakness anymore? Uh, you know, I, I liked how they finish the season with Hankins last year can they rotate with Hankins and Mozzie throughout the season and it be healthy and it be you know efficient that's that's what I'm going to be looking for and they have a really tough stretch to start the season so we're going to find out really early on Saquon Barkley Dalvin Cook uh, James Conner Christian McCaffrey I mean the list the list goes down it's it's not going to get any easier until your bye week yeah when we're talking about identity and fearing the the strength of certain teams John when you look at New York coming up this week what do you fear about New York I mean, their defensive tackles are real good. Yeah. Uh, that that certainly could be a, an issue there when you have, uh, you know, Tyler Biotish, um, and then you have uh, an injury to Tyler Smith with a hamstring. So it doesn't sound like it'll be something that might keep him out. But let's talk about that a little bit because as of 20 minutes ago, an update posted on DallasCowboys.com added caution being taken with Tyler Smith this week as the Cowboys prepare to open their season. Former first round pick will undergo a precautionary MRI on Tuesday. <laughs> so you don't love your offensive line depth. So no, because of that, can we just talk about this? Yeah, yeah. But but the interior Probably a couple times actually few times <laughs> Dag Nabbit yeah. Dag Nabbit that's the one position group that you can't afford an injury I think and I arguably blame this the one on player you. we talked about yeah. one position in particular yeah guard is this our fault maybe Did we talk about this we said too much? you can move you you could tackle something can happen at the tackle position right hopefully not center but <laughs> guard we're like guard there's no room for error like there's no room at all we gotta start knocking on wood uh, right yeah here. beam where's the wood in this new studio i think it's right here we gotta, okay is this yeah, it yeah, yeah. i guess that's the there that's the closest that's thing okay hollow. um <laughs> <laughs> that, that group up front with dexter lawrence leonard williams they're nasty yeah, yeah. yeah. they're nasty they're, we know about the nfc east right the nfc east gets into the trenches that's what the right. nfc east yeah. has been known for that is the identity of the east right well, these guys, they continue to, to be strong, right? And the New York Giants, they have a two-headed monster in there. Just much like the Dallas Cowboys have a two-headed monster on the outside at, yeah. at cornerback and at defensive end, they have a two-headed monster at the defensive tackle position, and that is where their question mark is is now risen because of the question mark with who, yeah. Tyler. So it's scary. It doesn't that, get any better with Kayvon Thibodeau on the outside as well. No. I mean, it doesn't get any but, 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 Okay, we don't need to keep bringing no, these guys I'm up, okay? I mean, but you know, but you know, but I feel I feel good about our tackles, right? Yeah. Like I really do. And I feel good about our, our about Dallas's offensive line as an in, as a whole. However, as we mentioned last week, you can't afford an injury to the interior offensive line because no. you don't have a solid confident option to roll in there and say, okay, guess what? You can feel that void. If something was to happen to the tackle, we already knew what the game plan was, right? Cupid shuffle, you bump Tyler Smith out, boom, 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 everybody fits in. We're good. Now what? Yeah. That's the thing, too, with hamstrings. You just don't want it to linger. So that's probably why you want the MRI, because he could sit there and say after that he's feeling better and everything's fine, but you want to make sure that you take every possible, you know, 
plan of attack on that because you don't want it to be something that you're dealing with all season long. And hammies, hammies suck because in a controlled environment, they're, they're you know on the on the way back from you know mending an injury, you can feel pretty good, right? You know a little strength test, you're good. Okay, a little hamstring curl, you can isolate it. Okay, but when it comes to the quick twitch and the change of directions and all those things, and obviously I don't know exactly how he got injured, exactly what caused it, what movement he was doing. Were you out there, Nick? Were you able to see that portion of practice? So the offensive line was on the very, very far, far side, side, and we just kind of caught him walking in um, right towards the end of the media session yesterday, and then Joe, Joe Jim Mauer was right. I almost said Joe Mauer. Jim Mauer was coming in right. Right behind them so minnesota twins great yeah, shout out, shout out. also uh, a great football player yeah uh i think with yeah because for those of you at home the media doesn't get to watch the entirety of practice anymore so even if these injuries pop up in practice it's hard to see unless you're one on the field and two in the right spot because yeah. they really limit you to one side of the field so whenever you're looking across the side it's it, it, you couldn't even really see anything like that yeah it, jerry jones did just say on the fan about 30 minutes ago we'll get an mri on that today but we felt better about that after we assessed after practice you always are concerned initially nothing we've evaluated keeps him out sunday at this point so it's good you know i well, guess did uh, say monday, that, that's that's good optimism he did say monday <laughs> I, I put sunday in quotation so I, I, yeah, yeah. I was like because this is what he meant yeah yeah <laughs> i think he said it because it's a sunday night game and he probably has it like yeah. thinking of monday night type thing yeah but, for yeah. sure for sure either, either way for <laughs> those d tackles are going to be licking their yeah. chops yeah yeah, because they're, they're going to see the injury report. Absolutely. There's going to be a name right, right there. And then they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna Tyler Smith it. will be tested in week yeah. one. No doubt about it. From Whether your, he's healthy or not. From you, your standpoint, if you going into this, knowing that, A, we might have a tough time at handling their defensive tackles, how do you combat that? What do you have to do? Like, you'd have, what, what do you have to do offensively to kind of bring in some extra protection there to make sure that you're good? Well, first, I mean, this offense is made to stop a pass rush. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's first off. Dak's not going to be back there holding the ball. I don't care what defensive front you're, you're facing. So that's the positive thing about this offense. And I think that was a intentional change from last year based upon some of the struggles that Dak had. Right? They wanted to get the ball out of his hand quicker, easier decisions. Let's not hold it. Let's not force him to have to make these decisions where he possibly can have some interceptions. So I think they are literally blanketing him in that way protection-wise. But in terms of the running game, Get these guys moving. Get them moving. Get down on it. Run the ball right at Thibodeau. Freaking A. We know you can pass rush. Well, we're going to run this ball. Tyron Smith is going to come at you. Okay. Uh, the heavy pocket. Uh, Terrence Steele going to come at you. Okay. We're going to run this ball right down your face mask and, and, and force you to stop us. And then the big boys in the middle, we're going to see exactly what your win is looking like and how that conditioning worked this offseason for you. Speaking of the running game, one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing, and I want to see it first drive, read option. I want it back. Mm. I, I want to see Dak back out. That was, that, was slow, that was slow tip it all down. Yeah, absolutely. Just I mean, slow one all those to keep down. him off balance. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Because we haven't seen that in the last couple of years since his injury. Um, so, And I know he could still do it. He, they tested it a little bit during training camp. Correct. Put it on the field. I want to see that in action. The other thing that's been missing for – is in terms of being effective for the last few years is really the screen game with the Absolutely. running backs. And I just, you know, they got to find a way to get that work. Now, of course, you know, it probably looked great because when Zeke started out in his career, you know, you're talking one of the best backs in the league. You had one of the best offensive lines in the league. So, I mean, those two things factored together. But I think of, like, Zeke's biggest highlights with the Cowboys. And if I'm doing, like, a top 10 or 15, like three or four are some of the screens he took he, he took to the house or, or just had big gains on. And that really has been missing the last few years. So I'm wondering if they're able to kind of get that back. And I think you'll play – you'll definitely see that because that's one of the ways you slow down really good defensive tackles. You slow them down by screen, keeping them off guard, giving them more things that they have to worry about and be concerned about. Do you need a mobile and healthy guard 
to pull on those screens most of the time, though. No, you're your jerk, Kyle. I'm just asking. <laughs> I mean, that's that's part of it. That's part of the screen game. You need your interior <laughs> yes. linemen to be healthy and mobile. And yes. for the most part, those guys are good at doing so. Tyler Smith's better in a phone booth. We talked about that already. It, or I, I should say he's you better can. at the tackle spot than he is in a phone booth is what I meant to say. He's better outside. He's better in space. But when he's healthy, that's the case. You can switch things up with the offensive scheme. I mean, your guard and your center can interchange their responsibilities on some of those screen plays. Um, it's going to take a little bit more work, though. You could also throw in an offset tight end or an offset fullback. Heavy, yeah. Fullback? Offset fullback. Do you want to say that a little bit louder for the people offset in the back? fullback. Okay. <laughs> Hunter Lipke. He's on it's the team a, it's for a, a reason. It's a bit at this point. I was, I w- before you started talking about Hunter Lipke, I was about to say, where's our blocking tight end as well? Because, yep. yep. uh, I mean, the guys on the roster are pass catchers, to, at least at, at their strength. Maybe Jake Ferguson is your leading blocker in terms of a tight end right I mean, now. I can so. see McCune being called up. From, from the, the practice, practice squad. squad. That's a good point. I mean... McCune and C.J. Goodwin, I think, would probably be the two favorites as of right now to get Maybe moved Brock up. Maybe Brock Hoffman. Yeah, oh, that's true, too. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. But if you bring up you. offensive linemen, don't you get three? Don't you get three? I got to look at the rules. Yeah. It's, it's the regular season again. Yeah, and it changes yeah. every year. <laughs> I got to refresh. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I, I've got to refresh. Because I think if you do bring up an offensive lineman, you get three elevations. But yeah. I don't know about that for sure. I'm telling you, that rule book will beat you down. Yeah. Like, I, I was just <laughs> spent a lot of time reading that whole third quarterback rule the other day. I was about to say, we got an email. A lot of detail on that thing. There was an email that was like, here, just for those who are worried or confused about it, the NFL sends out an entire media release on. Here's what the rule is. There's a we lot told there you initially, but uh, you really don't get it. And <laughs> yeah. so here it is. And so, yeah, that was some weekend reading, no doubt about it. Uh, give us a call, 888 855 2297. You can also hit up the text line at 817 290 3298. We're going to talk to Cowboys Nation starting in the next segment. Uh, before we get to that segment, let's talk about some good news. Let's talk about some positive things here in week one. Cowboys lock up. Terrence Steele on the outside extension for the former undrafted right tackle who continues to show that he is willing and able to grow in this offense and and coming off of of an injury he looked good he's still pushing in the right direction and man he's been uh, a cornerstone for the right side of that offensive line for the last couple years when he is healthy but Nick what'd you think about the extension and uh, what ended up being the the new contract for Terrence Steele yeah the new contract five years 86.2 million I believe it has uh, the potential of going up north north of 91 million mm-hmm. so very much deserved um somebody put out a tweet yesterday to, uh, i think it was todd archer to, looking at the undrafted free agents that the cowboys have picked up and uh, the con the overall money that they've earned throughout their career and if terrence Steele ends up earning all of that 86.2 million he'll only be behind tony romo so wow. uh, really really deserved for terrence Steele. a really good story uh, undrafted free agent that was thrown into the fire almost immediately and survived and came out on the other side a better player and then you know had a, a more adversity to come over uh, with this ACL injury coming off of last year, did everything he possibly could in being diligent in that recovery, working with um, a director of rehabilitation, Britt Brown. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I was like, do you think the recovery had something to do with, you know, getting this contract done before the season? Because you would think an ACL injury, okay, let's see him back on the field before we give him this deal. Mm-hmm. And they, they gave it to him. I, I think that just speaks to his work ethic, his diligence and their confidence in what he can be still. He's super easy to root for. I yeah, mean, absolutely. He's just a, a great dude. Um, you know, 
Mike McCarthy talked about how he was here every single day and, and it's always the same time and all that. And when I asked him about it, he said it's because he has a military background. So, his, you know, his family always was like that. So um, and then just going from 2020, being an undrafted guy to get to this place, it just like, again, it's just so easy to root for him. And, and you want it to go well, because for someone like me that, you know, there's a lot of you're just covering the team and, you know, comparing to other things you've seen. I mean, it's very easy to bring up the last time that they've done this where they've signed a bunch of guys before the season was 2019 and, all, and none of those went well. So yeah. there's that part of you. And when I mean that, I'm talking about the Zeke extension, the Lyle Collins, the, the Jalen Smith. I mean, it was all within like a couple of weeks that all those were done. And so that's the last time where they did something like this. So I would think just law of averages because of all those that didn't work out. I would think that, you know, they, they deserve some some good fortune in this thing. But man, like I said, I just I can't say it enough like. I root for anybody getting money, but there's just some there's just some guys more than others that you're just like, man, I'm really happy that he was able to get this. And and I think for me, a lot of it is one, he's a good dude, but then two, just the undrafted thing is just it's just always cool to see that happen yeah. because of how much emphasis everyone always puts on the draft, and and every year it gets more and more. But it just shows you can still find some guys that can be big pieces that you don't draft. I like T. Steely. <laughs> I like him. Um, I've been joking around with him as of late about every time I run into him, I told him he needs to go ahead and dread his hair up. So, <laughs> it costs about $150 to do so, so I think he has enough to get it dreaded now. Um, but no, That'll I mean, be the next thing you tell him in the lunchroom. <laughs> exactly. later. I always tell him that every time I see him. Um, no, so everything that you guys have touched on, I mean, he's a great dude. He's a great dude. He has a work ethic out of this world. He gained my respect last year at Camp Kyle when we mm-hmm. were calling the live practice against Denver, and things got a little chippy. There was um, – Randy Gregory. Uh, Randy Gregory was starting things on the sideline and really causing a stir. He wasn't even practicing, but he was really kind of sparking up fights on the side. As Randy and, does. As Randy does. <laughs> and Dak Prescott was kind of standing by himself um, at one portion of the practice. And we were sitting up on the hill. And guys, I just—I don't think guys were just paying. They weren't paying attention, right? They were watching practice, but they didn't, they didn't notice that Dak was by himself. And the entire defense of Denver was pretty much like surrounding Dak and talking mess to him. Well, there was one gentleman who went over there and was not having it, and it was T-Still. And from that moment, though, it's like it's like your little brother, right? Like, you 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 feel the vibe that your little brother needs some support, so you kind of look over there, and he went, he beelined over there and pretty much threw everybody out the way, threw everybody out the club like Jazzy Jeff on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> and got his quarterback back over to where he, you know, to safety, you know, in so many words. And from that point forward, he had my respect because I knew that he had that dog in him. As nice of a, of a guy as he is, you know, he's kind of a gentle giant walking around, real soft-spoken, but when it comes down to it, he got that dog in him, and that there's differences you know can you talk about Deion Sanders his team went in this past weekend and the patches that they have on their chest that D for dog that needs to go to T Steel because he yep. is one of the guys on his team it was funny too as we were talking to him yesterday for about six or seven minutes outside the locker room just seeing guys that would walk by and you know just yelling stuff like Michael Gallup Zach Martin you know yelling out calling him big money and big stuff money, like that you yeah. can just tell like everyone's really happy for him because he obviously puts the work in and um no yeah you, I, that was the best way to describe it he is he does come off as the gentle giant that is that's the perfect way to describe him but then on Sundays that's certainly not who he is well and I think one of the early defining moments for the Mike McCarthy era was in Washington back in 2020 when Andy Dalton got hit mm-hmm. as he was going down on the slide. Correct. And nobody was there to back him up. Nope. Nobody really w- was there. And, and that was the early indication of, okay, what does this Something's team really broken. have? Yeah. Well, there's something going on here. There's, there's a culture problem to a certain extent at that point in the season. And things weren't going well at that point Correct. either. I mean, of course, Dak Prescott goes down. You have the, the rotation r- rotating door at uh, at quarterback and then 
who was one of the first guys to step up after that learning moment? It, there were a couple guys, but Terrence Steele was in that mix as a rookie. As an undrafted rookie, yep. he was in that mix as somebody that stepped up very quickly. Maybe not on that specific play, but once he saw it and he said, okay, next time, that's not cool. Never going to happen again. Never going to happen again. And he's been there. And so I, I'm glad you brought up the Denver story because that's certainly something that stuck in my mind as yep. well. And I think it, it, it all stems back from that initial moment when he was a rookie. He was learning from those guys and said, yeah, okay, not yeah. going to happen to my quarterback, not going to happen to my guys ever again. And, and now it won't for, yeah. for quite some time because he's locked up for the next five years. So uh, happy for T. Still, happy for his work ethic and, and everything he's earned to this point. And the guaranteed money. The boy got 50. He did. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. He got some guarantees. Got I will guarantees. say, though, even with that, I know you look at these numbers and you're just like, man, that's a lot of money, but – if he continues to ascend and play at the level that he's been on, this you'll guy. look back on that contract and it'll be like, wow, that's a that's a it's bargain. Steel. Yeah, for just because they keep, yeah, nice. Can we, can we give it up for the front office right now? <laughs> we talked about how aggressive the front office has been. They they just continue to be aggressive, and I love it. We talked yeah. about them last week, saying I hope they keep that energy. Sure, right? yeah. And they have kept that energy, and I hope they just keep the foot to the pedal. To I want the them to sign CD, and it's going to happen. We'll, we'll make it's it happen. It's, they, 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 that'll happen. I I honestly, not obviously, I don't have any insight up there but (laughs) let me put that out there before i make this statement i have a feeling that it is a race right now to try to get cd done before justin jefferson has to be i agree so yeah i believe that justin jefferson said he needs that deal done before the season kicks off hey cd you got time today Uh, can you make it up to the four three here at the star and make things work something may happen before weeks in they did ask him on the fan today uh jerry jones they said you know once the season starts does that kind of close off negotiations you just want to focus on the season he said absolutely any time we can get that deal done so it it, it could happen at any point and he was referring to both Dak and cd there so for terrence Steele and zach martin getting those things taken care of like just look at the depth behind them. Like to me, that you just you have to you look at what else is there. It's not like you have a couple of guys. You're just like, no, no, no. We can, we can. They can hold out if they want, or we can possibly go. Then no, Lock those are yeah. so important. I mean, even Jerry saying this morning on the radio about how, you know, I, I you know, he talked about how much he liked the depth and and how much he likes his the current roster. But then he brought up himself the offensive line depth, as in that would be the only concern. But then he points out, well, yeah, well, what NFL team doesn't have that right now? And so that's the other part of the Terrence Steele, the Zach Martin thing. It's like not just the depth here. It's the how many quality offensive linemen uh, can you get, like even in, in the entire league. Yeah. And that's one of those spots, you know, it just it just seems like it's becoming harder and harder to, to project exactly what's going to carry over from the college game to the pro game to the point where you obviously see a lot of swings and misses in the first round. Not here. Uh, and there's nothing they've done better than draft first-round offensive linemen, of course. But, but the other part is then also – there was a part of me that when I hear the Terrence Steele deal, the first thing I think of is just like, how does this guy go undrafted? Yeah. So there still has to be a part of where there's still some things that you just don't quite know for sure that there's it's tough to predict, you know? Yeah, he slipped through the cracks. Credit to the front office for for getting him done and getting him in the building. And then, of course, seeing the way that he's grown and and developed since then. We've got to take our first break. Well, when we come back, we're taking calls from Talking Cowboys Nation. 888-855-2297. Give us a ring. Chris Beam will answer the phone in the back when we come back with more Talking Cowboys. 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here with John Machota, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Every Tuesday, we will take your phone calls. It's a talking Tuesday, as always. And the traditions continue as we head into the regular season. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. Let's start things off with Brian in Iowa. Brian, you're back on Talking Cowboys. How's it going, my friend? Hey, it's going really good. How how, how are you guys doing? Doing great. What's on your mind? Well, I got a few things. I got one thing about Dak and then another thing about 50 cents. Um, first of all, with Dak, how do you guys feel if Dak has a great season and he is in the MVP running? Um, like, I think he kind of was in 2020 before the ankle season with the, he was setting the, the, the passing record, I believe. Um, I think he can get back to that. Um, form with this offense scheme and the, and the players around him. And with the defense, how many total sacks do you think the Cowboys will get uh, with Michael Parsons and, and the rest of the defense? And you guys have a great day, and, and, and thank you for uh, having me on. Yeah, of course, Brian. Appreciate the call as always. John, I'll start with you on the Dak Prescott question. Uh, Where do you think the ceiling is for Dak is kind of what it sounded like Brian was talking about. Because prior to week six in 2021, 
and the calf injury that he sustained on that final pass against the Patriots, he was the MVP front runner. And it's hard to argue at that point, statistically, play wise, win wise, he was there. Do you think he can get back to that? Because we haven't necessarily seen it since. Uh, he can. I don't think that they really need him to, though. And the reason That's I say point. that is because this the way this season starts is reminding me. Now, these are not apples to apples, but it reminds me a little bit of 2014 because there was a little bit of that, you know, we're going to take some more off Tony Romo's plate. We're going to have DeMarco Murray, you know, be kind of the focal back. And it just changed a little bit about the offense. And just before that, leading up to it, you felt like there was a period of time there where Tony had to play really well and win these games. And DeMarco kind of took something off of his plate, and it ended up leading to one of Tony's, if not Tony's, best seasons. And so with this team, I think the running game will be good. I do not think it'll be DeMarco Murray 2014 good, Mm -hmm. but it's the defense now. So because of how loaded this defense is, he doesn't have to be that guy that he was, you know, back then throwing as much as he was. And I do think that there— there could be some hiccups early in the season just with like a new offense and that. But the but the thing I keep going back to, and I know it's it's a, a ways by you know in the past, and I know it's a different team, but man, you just look at those numbers that Brett Favre put up the year before Mike McCarthy took over in Green Bay. I mean, we're beating down 15 interceptions like it's the worst thing we've ever heard. Brett Favre threw 29 mm. the year before Mike McCarthy became head coach. And then it cut it down. McCarthy's first year, I believe it was around 15, and then the second year got it down to 12. And that's Brett Favre, mm. who, you know, is, you know, has one of the most talented arms that's ever been in the game and, and has probably attempted more bad throws than anybody ever has in the game just because of his ability. Yeah. And for him to be able to, as a first-time head coach, be able to get a guy like Brett Favre that was established as he was at that point to, you know, be more, you know, I wouldn't say conservative, but just be more, taking care of the ball better. That, to me, it's like, did Tony need to put up the best numbers ever to say 2014 might be his best season? No, but the trickle-down was that if everything else fell into place, he ended up having that. And I believe if Dak takes care of the ball, everything else falls into place. They win more games and if the Cowboys are winning games, he's going to be in, in all those conversations. I mean, that's how it is. With I mean, you can talk about it in college football with the Heisman Trophy. You you know, at the quarterback position, it's the same way in the NFL. If your team is rolling, your quarterback is going to be in that conversation. Well said. Yeah, I I think we've talked about it a lot about how this offense is constructed around Dak. It's put into quote unquote Dak's language. Um, does that lead to an MVP conversation? I lean no. Uh, just because of what you said, they're going to have to lean on the running game. They're going to have to lean on the defense to, to help them out in some areas as, as well. So you, you just need Dak to be Dak. You don't need Dak to be MVP. You know, I, I think if, if, if they can, if they can work that around, then it's a successful season. Only, I think everyone would rather have a successful season than a Dak MVP season. Sure. No doubt. <laughs> the only thing I was going to add on that though, on the MVP thing, Dak's coming off of arguably his worst season because of the turnovers. He's, I feel better about him being in the MVP conversation this year than I would have last season at this time about Jalen Hurts. So things go up and down real fast in this league. Interesting. Nobody expected Jalen Hurts to have that season. It's a great Maybe point. Jalen Hurts did. Maybe there's some people in, in, in Philadelphia's front office. Maybe Nick Sirianni did. But most people <laughs> did not think like he was going to take it to that level. It's not like that was his second season or, or we just hadn't had a— there was a decent sample size on him, and obviously there was a lot of good pieces around him. But he took his game— to another level that I don't think most people were expecting. So you just you, you don't really know for well, sure. Well, and he did so by being efficient. Yeah. I mean, that was the, the, the case with Jalen Hurts, and now that's what you're asking Dak to be. You're not asking Dak to be over the top. You're asking him to be efficient all the way through and making things simple on him so that way he can lead things like Jalen Hurts did. Yeah, I, I think you guys— You're muted. 
Go ahead. I think your your knee. <laughs> it's gonna be John next episode. It yeah. was me last yep, episode. There you go. <laughs> I'm um, just gonna pull your mic over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm growing. Um, yeah, I think you guys hit it. I, I mean, this everybody's expectations of Dak are everybody's looking for the big plays. I feel like in in, in the fan fan world, that's not what Coach McCarthy is looking for. I, Coach McCarthy is looking for that high efficiency high probability of completion rate and that's what he's looking for he doesn't care if it's you know 14 yards or five yards he wants it manageable in terms of his his ability to, to deliver a solid accurate ball uh, you're going to still have your deep shots but those deep shots are going to come off of play action so this is going to be a very simplified chill offense and to you guys' point you know with a successful team comes a successful mvp run for most quarterbacks most teams it's just a quarterback league um but this is not going to be 40 passes a game Dak. so people just need to get that out of their heads yeah i don't think you should want that either no like if you look at those box scores at the end of the games if you miss the game by some chance i don't think you really want to see a bunch of those games like that because before you know the 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 ankle injury there were a lot of games like that where he was playing like that and you really felt like well if he doesn't play like this then they're not going to win well he doesn't have to play like that now yeah, and I think that's what you want. Like you said, you, and if it is that sort of forty passes, pass attempts, it, you want it to be short completions. Maybe it's because yep. you're methodical on offense. If the box score does end up ballooning like that, you want it be, to be efficient work on the offense as opposed to just let's just throw the ball to throw the ball. All right, let's go to Jim in Pasadena. You don't want to get to the sack total thing? Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, we'll get Jim first. Let's okay. get Jim out of the way. Jim, what's going on? Good morning, guys. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. All right. I want to play a game. If Parsons, Smith, and Odigizua and Lawrence are your starting four on the D-line, uh-huh. who are your next four, and are those Ooh. next four better than any of the other D-lines in the league? That's really tough for, <laughs> I for like me that. to know. Appreciate um, the call, Jim, as always. Uh, one of our national NFL writers at The Athletic, Robert Mays, uh, goes to a bunch of different training camps. Mm-hmm. And so when he came to the Cowboys camp, we always do like a pod. Um, and it, I think he came the second week. And when we talked about the defensive ends, he said he thinks that they have the best defensive end rotation in the entire league. And I lean on him a lot more because, I, I mean, I just, most of my time is dedicated to following this team. I, I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable sitting there and saying, then again, <laughs> then again, there's a lot of people nationally that love to talk about that <laughs> stuff. And I don't think that they have really seen anything either. But Call them out, John. It would be just tough for me to sit there and definitively say, no, this is the best. I will say I don't think Mozzie Smith is, is in the ones there. I would have him with the twos. I think, I think it's so Hankins too. and, and Odigizu are your, are your two starting defensive tackles with Lawrence, Parsons on the outside. And then your twos in the middle would be Mozzie and, and Neville Gallimore. Now this is where it gets interesting because I would I would have Sam Williams in there because I think he's got the highest upside, mm-hmm. but Dorrance Armstrong's there, Dante yeah. Fowler, like those are guys that have proven it more. But 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 Sam Williams for me is the is the wild card because Sam Williams could be five sacks, Sam Williams could be twelve sacks, and no either doubt. way I would be like, yeah, I could kind of see that happening, you know. Yeah. So I I think I would I would go the same way with the starters, D Law, Hankins right now, Osa. Parsons and then the second level and I think this this goes to to Jim's point you go to the second level and then you've got Mozzie Smith who of course is a first round defensive tackle <laughs> Sam Williams who's a second round defensive tackle Neville Gallimore who's a third round defensive tackle I said defensive tackle I meant edge rusher for Sam Williams but you know what I mean Dorrance Armstrong there as well I, I think 
man, that's tough between Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler. That's where I kind of have this this hold up because I think I'm there with you. I think Sam Williams is that other edge rusher. What do you think, Isaiah? I think they're interchangeable. I really do. I think, but that's dep- not the game. I know, but it depends on the situation. Play the game. <laughs> it depends on the situation, man. If I'm if I'm just simply just trying to get back there for sacks, then yeah, Sam Williams. If I if it's a third and medium, I'm probably using Dorrance. I'm just looking at these sack numbers. They're so wild. Twenty. <laughs> I mean, Dallas had 54 last year, correct? Yeah, yes. they did. Philly they had did. the most. Philly had 70, yeah. I believe. Yeah, no, you're right on. It's just funny because I, I went back the last few years and then I go to 2020. No. <laughs> 2020. Oof. 31 sacks Oof. the Cowboys had. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny about last year, though, too, is like I know Philly clearly had the most, like you said, 70. Um, but there was, there was a time, like first half of the season, where like, I mean, they were neck and neck with the Cowboys. And yeah. then Philly pulled away towards the back end. So for me... There's no reason they shouldn't be in that conversation all the way to the end of the season, but that also brings up a point that I'm just interested to see. Like, how do they do on that second half of the season? There were times where Micah Parsons wasn't as effective getting after the quarterback a little bit later in the season. It was part of the reason he went in this offseason about bulking up a little bit more for that, you know, that stretch run and, and being a little bit healthier then. So that's to me where it's got to be. And then to how Nick points out, you know, the way that this schedule sets up, you know, it's a lot of running backs early, a lot more passing later. A lot more passing would, would lead to more sacks. So maybe that happens in the second if, half. That's the key. This is my prediction. If Dallas can be in the top 15 in rush defense, mm-hmm. they will lead the league in sacks. I like that. Okay. Because they go hand in hand. Absolutely. I like that. I, I like it as well. And I, I think I agree with you. I think it goes back to what we talked about right at the jump, too, of having this secondary effect the pass rush yep. and having the secondary. This is a better secondary than Dallas has had in, in quite some time. Is this the best secondary in the league? No, I, I'm not it's ready. It's got to be in the conversation. But it's in the conversation, which is saying something because they have <laughs> never been in the conversation. It's the best cornerback duo in the league. I'm ready to say that. I'm, I think I'm ready to say that. Let me let me see the regular season, Stephon Gilmore, first. I love training yeah. camp hype as much as anybody, but let's let, let me see it first for that. I think they're really, really good. Don't get me wrong. And they're in the conversation even if they aren't the the answer to that conversation. But with that secondary, mm-hmm. I think it opens up the possibilities. Look at Philadelphia. The reason why they had 70 sacks is because they had depth on the defensive line yep. and they had depth in the secondary. Dallas had depth on the defensive line. They didn't necessarily have any depth in the secondary, especially in the back half of the season whenever did, Philadelphia did end up pulling away. So with that being said, 70 sacks for Philly last year, 54 for Dallas. Let's go back to Brian's question. How many sacks, Nick, do you think the Cowboys have in 2023? I think with the addition of Stephon Gilmore, because I've seen regular season Stephon Gilmore. I know what he can bring to the table. I agree. I think he, I think they can get to 60. 60. I think they can get to 60. Every, if everyone stays number. healthy, that's that's key. That's low. I'm low? just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably <laughs> over, say like over 63. Over under 60. I think, it, I think it's a healthy over under at 60. I would say over. Over? Yeah. Over by a little bit. I'd say 63 if everybody stays healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take over because... I think they're good enough to average four a game. That mm-hmm. would be 68, and I did that in my calculator. There's no chance I would have done that in my head. Say, that There's was no impressive. chance I did that in my head. Uh, I'm complete idiot when it comes to math. So that was all the calculator. Um, and so that puts Philly last year a little over four a game. I think this team is capable of, of doing four a game. Um, but a big part of that will be Micah Parsons. He, he's had 13, I think, and then 13 and a half. Mm-hmm. I think he's, you know, I think he's poised to – Especially if he can get keep it going on that back half of the season, he could be a 16, 17, 18 sack guy. Yeah, could he get if he keeps the 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 train moving the way that he did in the first two thirds of the season last year? Could he get the twenty? Yeah, if that happened though, um, 
to me, a key piece in that would be just a, they'd have to have outstanding health on defense. Yeah. Because if that happens, then, you know, there's so many other guys that will wear on a defense that it, he's – I feel like to get to 20, and, and I might be – I might not be talking factually here, so you guys can call me out if you want, but I find it hard to believe if you get to 20 sacks that they're all just like 20, just hard-earned. I just got every bit of that. Like, there's got to be some gimmies that are there, some layups where you're just like, hey, I benefit from this. Also, when I'm saying that, I'm thinking significantly it's on one play, and it's that (laughs) that, the Brett Favre going down when Michael Strahan got the record. (laughs) And Michael Strahan obviously deserves them. He's outstanding, but I just always think of that play like where he's like, nope, nope, you got it. I'm down. (laughs) Have fun, have fun. Okay, okay, okay. What do you think? Over under 60 sacks for the Cowboys defense. Should everybody stay healthy? That's a big key in this. Yeah, if they can do if they have a solid rush defense, they'll hit 62. That's my number. 62. Okay. There you go. So lots of high expectations for the defense as you would anticipate going into the year, but I think if they get less than 60, either health is a is a big factor in it or it's just a, a lack of of execution because and, the talent is there when you said, there, ooh, when you said the uh, about the running that's because you you feel like if they can stop the run then teams will just be forced to throw you have more opportunities yes yeah, so that's one portion of it right but also you have to go to the other side of the ball and the offense offense has to be able to put up points mm-hmm. so the offense is dragging and they're not putting up points effectively right now. We're not looking for this to be Kellen Moore, sky it out type offense, right? But they need to be able to have a 14-point lead in order to take teams out of their game plan. Yeah. right. If you have a 10, 14-point lead, now you could start taking teams out of their game plan. As long as teams can remain in their game plan, then my approach to this defense is running the ball. Yeah, when he says that, the game I always think of is last year against Minnesota, like how Mike on that first series just set the tone. He was coming on that backside and sacked uh, Cousins, and I'll just always remember it because I love AT&T Stadium, but my favorite thing about Minnesota is it's an open press box, and just to be able to actually hear all that sound, it was just wild because I'll never forget how Micah was coming off the backside, and Cousins doesn't see him, but you can just hear the crowd like wanting to yell to him like, Move. Yeah, he's closing in like you're not going to make this. He's and coming. It was such a tone setter for the rest of that game. And that's like the most complete game I've seen. And a lot of it has to do with exactly what you said. Yeah. It just completely because that's the thing. A lot of people hate on Kirk Cousins. Minnesota, Minnesota was rolling at that time. Mm-hmm. And the way that they just from the very beginning defensively. They were like, eight and one, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 They, they had beat, come off that game when they beat the Bills. Yeah, uh, that you know that that was Tight a wild game. game. Yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, like they were rolling. So it's not like it's this. Oh well, I, I just know a lot of Cowboys fans feel like, well, they always beat the the Vikings. But it's like no, they've beaten some good Vikings team. But that yeah. game, when you said that's the first one I thought of because that changed up everything the way they set the tone early with that. It really did. All right, we got to take our second break. When we come back, we'll hit a couple more texts and we'll get you ready for some previews coming later in the week as the Cowboys take on the Giants on Sunday Night Football. When we return with more talking Cowboys. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. 
Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. The final segment of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Alongside Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. All right, Isaiah, in that early segment, we were talking about offensive line. We were talking about Tyler Smith. Our guy Kent from La Cruces, New Mexico. Mexico. He uh, he wanted to call you out. Okay, mm. so he, te- he texted into the Cowboys text line eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. He said, "I don't understand how you are so concerned with potentially losing a guard, but say you're okay with losing a tackle when it requires moving a guard." I know what you were trying to say. I want you to get a chance to defend yourself here. You're not okay with losing anybody on that offensive line, right? No, not okay at all. And obviously. What I was getting at, yes, you have to still rotate a new guard in if you lose a tackle. However, okay, losing a tackle, at least you have a, a, a formidable backup that you feel confident about. That's what I was getting at. The guard position solely does not have a strong suitor that you feel confident about on this roster, regardless if that means you, if you lost a tackle, you got to bump one in. It doesn't matter. I don't care how you get to it. You don't feel good about your guards. And we know that front office knows that I assume that they were working on that I assume that this probably scares the crap out of them and this is kind of a hello 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 little moment okay little little yeah anyways um <laughs> so yeah uh so yeah I address that you just if you have to rotate that guard position at all it's a bad situation for the Dallas Cowboys currently where where the development exists for their backups yeah I always wonder how much PTSD is with Cowboys fans from that Chaz Green, Adrian Claiborne game. I, mm-hmm. I know. I think about that significantly. Just because it was so, it just stood out so much that mm-hmm. I feel like anytime there's an offensive line injury and you think about, like, to your point when you were thinking, when you mentioned the backup guards, I'm thinking, okay, who is it? Like, who would I feel? And I'm thinking TJ Bass right now. That's but, my yep. thought. But there's a, there's a part of you when you're thinking about it. And, I, of course, that's guard and, and Chaz Green was playing on the outside. But it just is one of those things where you're just like, you just start fearing, like, well, then everything's going to fall apart where – I, I don't know. Like, I really, I I have a lot of confidence in Mike McCarthy when there's chaos. Like, he's done some, he's really impressed me over the last couple of years. Like, whether it be Dak going down or in some situations where. Oh, he's handled some situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if they're to be without. He's had plenty of them, too. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I give him a lot of credit for his ability in those in those type of situations. He'll have a plan for, for this type of thing. And, and the other thing is when you have a really experienced head coach like that, well, we'll sit here and talk about this, and fans will listen to this and, and you know be worried about it. 
there's not going to be much that he hasn't seen. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that was funny yesterday when he was talking about the kicker, when he was yeah. asked about kicker, and he was like, well, just to be honest, I mean, I haven't had like a solid, you know, the, the guy every single year. I mean, every year it's been somebody different, you know, yeah. for the last three years. So that's one that's one of those things with the experience. I'm sure he's, he's ready to roll with a, a, a game plan that will complement if it is a TJ Bass or whoever, you know. Obviously, it's going to limit things. It's not going to be the same as I think you're going to have to take some stuff off the table, but uh, I, I have a lot of confidence that he would come up with, with, a, with a good game plan. Now, with Tyler Smith dealing with this hamstring, again, the Cowboys believe it's minor. They're taking a precautionary look at it with the MRI today. But, Nick, when you look at the depth chart, you said something a moment ago that kind of piqued my interest. Would TJ Bass be your number one option? Because they've only got three guys, offensive linemen-wise, that are behind the starters. It's Chuma Doga, who, of course, is banged up in his own right as he left that training camp practice late in Oxnard. Awesome Richards, the fifth-round rookie out of North Carolina. And then the undrafted rookie, TJ Bass, jumping in. And we just talked about Terrence Steele as an undrafted free agent who was thrown into the fire early and continued to, to work to where he is now. I'm not saying that's the ideal situation, but do you feel comfortable if Tyler Smith is unable to go on Sunday night that TJ Bass could fill that void? I'm going to say no, just because I, I don't want to throw an undrafted rookie into the fire like that. Yeah. I, I'm going to give a quick case for each of those three, though. Chuma Idoga, I feel like, has more of a guard build. He's got that wide set. I don't feel like he's athletic enough to be at tackle. I want to put him in that phone booth and get him working with that wide that wide set because he's got really good hands. So I mm-hmm. want to put him there and see what that looks like. And correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever Tyler Smith went out yesterday, I know we only had like two or three minutes, but I believe it was Chuma that rotated in. I didn't see. Okay, I, I believe it was, but it was like, yeah, it's on the far side. <laughs> it was in Denton, like it was so far away from. <laughs> I'm us. telling you, that has always been the thing. Going back to Valley Ranch, doesn't matter who the head coach is, like always put the offensive line as far away. I mean, even look at training camp; they yeah. always do it like it's that. Be on the far end, where nobody yeah. can see. It's there was a there was a time and during one of the walkthroughs, uh, during one of the it was the second from last week of, of practice where um, they worked out kind of in front of where we were, and I just thought it was funny because I remember. I went over there and took a picture. You went over there and took a picture. Patrick Walker went over and took a picture just because it was like, it was just the offensive line working out, but it's like they never work out anywhere near where <laughs> anybody's at, like media-wise. They always make sure that they're they're way far away, and it has to be yeah. by design. I, it has yeah. to be. It has to be. Really quick to finish up those three, TJ Bass, I, I really love what he's put together. He had one of the best uh, pass block and run blocking grades in preseason, but granted it was preseason. I really want to give him time because if you if you cheat his process, that's, that's going to be unfortunate. He has a ton of experience at left guard. He's coming in with that experience at left guard. They've worked him at right guard just to kind of get him used to having both sides and if he needs to kind of fill in both sides they have that but he comes in with a ton of experience from Oregon at left guard and then don't forget about Austin Richards got a ton of work at left guard during training camp they want to be able to use him at either left tackle or left guard that's another guy I don't want to throw into the fire that early so if if it comes a situation where if Tyler (laughs) Smith cannot play on Sunday night I think Shuma Yudoga is probably your best option he's the veteran of the group I feel comfortable about that but I yeah I I think that's the conversation is we don't feel comfortable about anything if any one of those top five guys go down but there has to be some sort of backup plan and it appears that those at least would be the early indications of those backup plans but and he should be familiar with that stadium right yeah (laughs) yeah he's played there a couple times before right yeah uh all right That does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. These shows fly by in the regular season. But good news. We're back tomorrow. We're back tomorrow. You don't have to wait very long. What? 9 a.m. Central (laughs) Time is where we will be all 
uh, week long here on DallasCowboys.com and the various streaming platforms. By the way, stick around. Get your calls in. Get them ready. Get them lined up. 888-855-2297. Cowboys Storyline with Nick Eatman gets underway at 10 a.m. Central Time. So he'll follow us up and do a great job, as always, in the studio. We start talking a little strategy tomorrow, don't we? We start talking a little strategy. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we will, preview, we will preview the Cowboys defense versus the New York Giants offense tomorrow. So how can that stacked defensive front take down Danny Dimes and the Cowboys or excuse me in the Giants offense? And then on Thursday we'll flip it to the offense. Talk about how the Cowboys can have some success on that side of the ball. But for Chris Beam in the back, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!